Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 75. And y'all, still no intro. What's going on? It's like the Twilight Zone. But there's no music because no one has submitted any. (laughs) (laughs) So we're looking at you. Y'all. Y'all know who you are. You Patreoners that you need to tell us if you want to give it away or send it in. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Who sings it? Hmm. Eh, wrong answer. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, God damn it! I knew that. <laughs> All right, you ready to jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, Carrie and Donna. Love the podcast. You guys get me through my work days. While I was watching the Facebook Live today, I decided to finally write a couple of my personal experiences for Sinister Sightings. Here are the two I got written up, and I have more to send at another time. Please excuse my bad writing. My strong points are science and math, not writing. You may use my first name. You are just opposite of Donna. Donna can write, but she can't science and math. I thought you said science and math, and I was like, no, I don't know co- cosine, sine, tangent, all of that. I'm like... Damn, Donna, that you knew that. Well, it's because I took my SATs before I even had algebra, and that stuff was on there, and you could use your calculator. And I was like, well, that's on here, so I'll just hit that number and hit that. Someone who made the SATs was like, someone's going to do this. And there was that answer. I was like, (laughs) I don't need that algebra class. Yeah, I wasn't right. But that's how I remember that, because I was so smart, but so not. Okay. Full body apparition. There was an elderly friend of my mother's that had been in an unfortunate situation living out of his van, so my mother let him park out on our front lawn and use our restroom and house during the day, but sleep outside. What the my girl is going on here? So true. But he had had bathroom, though. It was a she- Yeah. (laughs) For a split second there, I was thinking, you hush your mouth to me. Uh, For a split second, I was thinking it was his brother. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, it went on for over a year. And finally, there were issues and my mother had to ask him to leave. And it was kind of on bad terms, but he left. A few months later, we heard from his son that he had passed away. Then some weird stuff began. We would often smell cigarettes, which was unusual because no one smoked in the house, and we had always made him smoke outside. However, the scent would be deep inside the house and would be super strong like someone was standing next to you smoking. This went on for a while with that awful scent, and then when we tried to track it down, it would disappear suddenly. Then one night, I was in the very back bedroom with my only way out one door and up a hallway. I was quietly doing homework, and I felt a strange feeling like I was being watched. I looked up and saw the man walking up the hall, and it was the most shocking and terrifying thing I have ever seen. At first, I thought, okay, I must be imagining this. So I looked away for a moment and then looked back, and he was still there, only closer and advancing up the hall. This time, I had a full look at him, and his legs faded out towards the floor, and there were no feet. He was standing there, but see-through and continued to advance. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get away, and he was coming closer and would soon be at my open door. I had no idea what to do. He would soon be blocking my only exit. 
I got so scared, so I screamed the loudest I have ever screamed and ran out the door around him and up the hall. When I finally looked back, he was gone. I woke up the entire house screaming and terrified my poor dogs. Anyways, later I was thinking about it and I decided I want to know why he was here. So when I was growing up, we always had been taught in church that if you had a question, you could pray and ask the Lord your question and clear your mind and the thought that would come to you while you were praying would be your answer. So I proceeded to pray upon this and asked why this man would come here and visit me after his death. The thought that popped in my head was that he needed my forgiveness for some bad things he had done to me when I was a child in order to move on. This was also the reason we did not allow him to sleep inside our house. Anyways, I have never seen him again and have worked on trying to forgive him. The next story is touched by an intruder? So the same house, much later, but same room. FYI, I always sleep with the door open, lights on, but with the blanket over my face to ward off bugs and keep out the light. I cannot sleep with something over my face. No, I cannot breathe. Mm-mm. And the only light I want on is from the TV, and I want forensic files or something on ID talking to me. <laughs> right. Some murder shit. So during this time, I was in my late teens and working a lot of hours, plus had long bus commutes because I didn't drive yet or have a car. And I was trying to provide for myself and my sick mother. It was a very tiring time. So I had to come home after a long shift working overtime and working for over 10 days straight with no days off, plus my two-hour each-way bus commute. I was exhausted. This was finally the end where I had the day off the next day. So I came home, and my mom had remained asleep, And I was so tired, I snuck past her and went straight to my bedroom after tending to my dogs. I was so happy and tired, I literally just took off my shoes and climbed into bed with my socks on, hair up, and my uniform on. My bun was on top of my head very tightly because I had to wear a hairnet at work. So I fell asleep right away. Sometime later, I woke up groggy to slowly realize someone was touching my head and hair. I could feel their fingers moving in my hair because of how tight my bun was. They were wiggling through my hair to get to my actual head. I lay there terrified, realizing just beyond the safety of my blankie, someone unknown was touching me. I knew there was no one else in the house but myself, my dogs, and my mother. And my mother could not get out of bed by herself, so it couldn't be her. I lay there terrified, opened my eyes, saw no shadow of anyone standing over me, and still felt the fingers. So I was awake and not imagining it. I knew for sure there must be an intruder standing maybe at the head of my bed since it was in the middle of my room. The bed was against the wall on a long side and had a space at the head and foot of the bed. They could be right there touching my head, playing with my hair, and I would not be able to see them without getting up and looking. So I decided to close my eyes and pretend to be asleep and hope maybe it was some weirdo from the neighborhood that maybe had gotten in and maybe they would leave. I closed my eyes and prayed they would leave. Finally, after a little more terrifying hair play, it stopped. I waited some time. I literally was counting seconds into minutes in my mind. I waited 10 minutes. I was high on adrenaline and fear. I popped up terrified that they would still be there and would grab me. 
I made a beeline for the billy club I knew was in the next bedroom. I ran in there, grabbed the billy club from under the spare room dresser, which had once been my mom's room before we moved her into the living room to accommodate her hospital bed. I stood in the hallway brandishing a wooden billy club just waiting for someone to come out of my bedroom. Meanwhile, my mom had woken up and wanted to know what was going on. I calmed down a little and explained what happened. She was sure someone must have been in the house also. I was sure in my tired state of mind I had not locked something or someone had gotten in, but also I was thinking our dogs made no fuss, and these were little adorable ferocious warrior dogs who made everyone know their presence when someone even walked past our front yard. So I'm starting to think, why didn't the dogs bark? My mom instructed me to check every possible entry point, and she watched with the phone ready to call 911 if anyone or anything was found. Now, we were two women living in a bad area, and I was gone a lot and had to leave my mom home alone, so we had a lot of measures to prevent people from getting in, short of being able to afford a security system. So I checked everything, even the attic, and everything was locked and secured, and there was no sign of any disturbance anywhere. And I started thinking more about the dogs who never barked, yet seemed perfectly alert and normal. Anyways, nothing was ever found, and later that night, I moved my bed into the spare room and never slept in my old bedroom again. Thanks. Be well, Christina. Holy crap. I don't, I don't know what's worse. I mean, an intruder, because humans are worse, but it's kind of like the stranger or the call is coming from inside the house, you know? Yeah, that's, uh uh-uh. No. Well, I'm so glad that you watched the live, and I'm so glad that you sent those in. Yeah, I really like those. All right, this one is titled My Little Brother. Good morning, ladies. My name is Khan, pronounced like Genghis Khan or Benedict Cumberbatch's character in Star Trek. I'm really glad you said Genghis Khan because I would not have known that about the Star Trek one. I would have been like, "Mm, IMDb? And (laughs) what is this? How to pronounce Khan. (laughs) I'm a new fan since the quarantine started, even though I still go to work, but work, then home, then work, then home, and nowhere else. Anyways, I thought I'd tell you guys about the paranormal experiences my father and maternal grandmother shared in the same night. First, you have to know that I'm 28 now, and when I was around 10 or perhaps even younger, my mother had a stillbirth. My mom is your typical Asian Vietnamese, to be more specific, woman who keeps things close to her chest, especially if they're sad or bad events. That is to say, she never explicitly told me much or anything about my younger brother who passed away. But when I was 10, I remember she sounded sad on the phone when she asked me if I wanted a little brother and I said no because I was a spoiled brat at the time. And still am the only child. I was still in Vietnam and she was in the U.S. I migrated and united with her when I was 12. Second, this might be a little horrifying to Americans, but my mom actually keeps the body of my little brother in a box and has it buried in the backyard. First in the house in Indiana and now in our house in Texas. It's basically a shrine for him, just like what we have for our other dead family members in our homes, except they're buried in actual cemeteries. Well, anyways, my mom and grandmother offer him food and incense on holidays and his birthday. They bring him those things to the backyard right above where he would be. 
Sorry for the long explanation. Now onto the actual events. Okay, let me just say, at first when they said that Americans were going to freak out because their mom kept the body, I thought you were about to say inside, but then I was like, oh, okay, like buried. Like, yeah. It, okay, that took, that was a, a turn that I, okay, but I was expected to be like, wait, what? Yes. Maybe we would freak you out because we both went there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh, never mind. That's normal. <laughs> I mean, it's no different than having someone's cremains. All right. A few years back, the day after my brother's would have been birthday, my maternal grandmother came to my house unannounced, which is abnormal because in my extended maternal family, you have to call before you come to anyone's home. And she was looking a little anxious. Well, she said that my brother woke her up the night before, the night of his birthday, and was not happy that she forgot it and didn't offer him anything. She got really scared and had to come right away to correct her mistake. After my grandmother told my parents what happened, my dad said that my brother also visited him, but he wasn't mad. My dad said in the middle of the night, he heard the bedroom door open, and when he looked, he heard giggles and a shadow leaving the room, but more like someone peeked his head and body into the bedroom to take a look, giggled, and then left. And the door was still ajar in the morning. Damn. My dad also said he realized right away that he forgot it was his birthday. Interestingly enough, my mom didn't forget, but she also didn't remind anyone. My mom sometimes would ask me to bring stuff out to the backyard for him, like, hey, bring blank to your brother, but would never divulge any information about what happened. I guess it still hurts and saddens her after all of these years. My grandmother always calls and reminds us every single year since without fail. She still lives in Indiana with the rest of my mom's extended family, except for one uncle and his immediate family who lives in Texas like us. I'm sorry if my story was incoherent. I'm usually good with essays, but storytelling is not my strong suit. By the way, I've never experienced any paranormal activities myself, and hopefully I never will. However, listening to the podcast gives me the creeps, and sometimes if I'm alone at home or in bed while my boyfriend is sleeping next to me, my eyes would involuntarily water because I'm so spooked. My boyfriend, Jesus, even told me to stop listening to the podcast, but I can't help it. It's like an addiction now. Also, Jesus cracks up every time you guys laugh because they're infectious, but the podcast gives him nightmares because, like I said, I would listen to it in bed while he's falling asleep. Now, I only listen to it when I'm alone. Anyways, thank you so much for a fun podcast. I am obsessed if I haven't said that enough already. Stay safe and never change. Have a wonderful day. Con. P.S. Shout out to Samantha, previously in Indiana and now in Arizona, because she's the one who recommended your podcast when I asked for horror podcasts. I wish she and her newborn Garrett good health and happiness. First things first, let me make it about me. I do the same thing. My eyes water up when I'm really scared. Yeah. Okay, now on to you. Casey's, my sister Casey's do too. Yes. Hey, Samantha and the new baby. Yes, thank you. I feel like there's so much to unpack in this story, but not in a bad way. But, like, moms are so fucking strong. They really are. And I want to know, when your brother appeared to your grandmother and your dad, was he the same age? Ooh. Like, how they know it was him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if it's, like, if he's, like, a in, like, a 10-year-old body, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or would he have appeared the age 
of the birthday. So, like, if it was, like, his 21st birthday, he would look like a 20-year-old. You know, if it was, like, his 10th birthday, he'd look like a kid, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, this one is called It Happens Here Too. I've written y'all before, but after listening to Sinister Sightings 14 today, I had to write again. Hearing the lady from Australia talk about going in and finding the cult, I had chills. I have seen something like this myself. I had just graduated high school and my best friend and myself would go riding around with a couple of guys all the time. I had gotten a samurai and we loved those summer nights in that tiny Jeep wannabe. Usually we were going to look for deer, although it was rare we saw them. Jim was driving this particular night and he was a hilarious guy who liked to talk like he was the radio DJ. We were headed towards Clemson on a dark country road. Donna, that was for you, so you didn't have to say the R word. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you fucked Carrie up anyway. (laughs) I was thinking, like, in my head, I was already trying to say rural, and then I, like, was just like, oh, how do you say word? (laughs) The R word. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. Thank you so much for looking out for me. We had to top off the Samurai, and Jim passed our regular Deer Road and kept going towards Isaquina. That place has always been known for devil worshipping. Yeah, it was the early 90s. As he takes that sharp left turn, my best friend and I start screaming and telling him to go back. Both of the guys were trying to explain it wasn't true, there would be no one out there. When, picture this, small tiny jeep that goes 35 downhill With the wind helping to push it, we topped the hill to see a fire and a group standing in a circle in red hoods. I'm beating him and screaming for him to turn around. Get out of here. Two from the group had turned and started walking towards us while he almost flipped us over doing a U-turn. I have no idea what was in the middle of the circle other than a fire when we got there. I was scared to death. Needless to say, we never went back, and since then, I've never doubted that we had pulled up on a cult, but devil-worshipping or not, I didn't want to ask questions. To the lady from Australia, my heart goes out to you. I cannot imagine having seen a friend in the middle of that. I thought you were brave for going in a place by yourself without your friend going upstairs with you. I hope you find peace and know you are in no way responsible for what happened. And you were so brave to have gotten into action and called for emergency help. Thanks for taking the time to read this. And I love spending my work days with you. Creep it real. And sometimes you do get scared. Christy C. I remember that story. I do. Because she she was like looking down and saw her friend. Yes. Yes. It was like, I want to, well, obviously remember it so well. But I want to say it was like, almost like, a lighthouse, but it wasn't a lighthouse, but she could see, yeah, like in a circular kind of thing. I mean, meanwhile, that was like probably a new tracksuit for this yoga group, you know? Oh, the red stuff, yeah, with that, yeah, not really, but you know, it's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Like, you're like, fuck, I don't want to know. Look, a lot of people fire, I don't, I don't want to know unless they have hot dogs. See, I was thinking, unless they had s'mores. No, I just like the marshmallows and s'mores, and they need to be burnt. Me too. You can keep your graham crackers, and you can keep your chocolate. Well, I'll eat the marshmallows, but while the next one's cooking, chomp on some chocolate. Mm, 
I don't know. I just love the marshmallows. Also, we had to Google to make sure that uh, Samurai was not autocorrected. Because we had never, I had never heard of a Suzuki Samurai. No. I said, that might have autocorrected. It might be Suzuki. And Carrie said, oh, nope. Suzuki Samurai. Who knew? So, go on with your bad self. All right. Hello, ladies. This is my first time writing into you guys. And let me just say, you guys have been keeping me going during this quarantine. I'm a semi-new listener, and I am currently listening to all the old episodes. Thank you for the entertainment. I guess you can say I've been sensitive to the paranormal since I was a kid. I've had many experiences, but here is just one of them. One of my earliest memories is playing in a graveyard, so that kind of sets up the story. And the sets up the tone for your entire life. Right? For a little bit of background, I live on the East Coast, and there's this beach that we always went to starting when I was really young, like three, four years old. In the little beach town, there's this really old church and graveyard, like that smack in between the restaurants and the ice cream place that we always went to after eating. I mean, is it a beach vacation if you don't get ice cream after dinner? No. I was thinking, we don't usually do that. And then I was like, no, literally the last time I went to the beach... We left dinner, and Colby and I went and got Dippin' Dots. (laughs) (laughs) We had just finished up dinner, and at this time, the sun had just started setting, so it was dusk, but still light outside. Just enough darkness to be creepy. We were on our way from dinner to the ice cream place, so obviously, we had to pass the graveyard. I don't know why, but I was always drawn to graveyards and really old things as a kid. Weird, I know. And I still am. I just remember feeling sort of at peace in this graveyard. I don't really know how to explain it. This all happened when I was probably four, so the memory is very hazy. I would just wander around this graveyard and look at all the graves and just enjoy myself. I thought this was completely normal as a kid. However, my two older siblings were less than enthused to stop here on the walk to the ice cream parlor. This is the part I don't remember, so this info is coming from my mom. Apparently, I was running around the graveyard giggling and talking, so my mom asked me what I was doing. I then replied, I'm just playing with my friends. And there was no one there. Uh Uh-uh. The grave I was running around was apparently one of a five-year-old girl who had died in the 1600s. Oh, my God. Yeah. Following this experience, I always had to stop at that graveyard whenever we walked past so I could, quote-unquote, see my friends. I don't know how my mom wasn't freaked out after that. I am now going to be a senior in nursing school, thank God, and I have so many other stories, like a ghost named George, a haunted hotel in Charleston, and a really freaky sleep paralysis dream, and I'm almost certain that my house is haunted. I hope you all are staying healthy. Remember to creep it real, Rebecca. Wow. Well, Rebecca, we want you to write all of those stories in because they all sound fabulous. I need to know about George. I need to know all about the hotel in Charleston. I want to know more about this girl. Right? What y'all play? Did she know how to play all today's games? Oh my God. What if they played Ring Around the Rosie though? Oh my God. I don't know. Or what if she was like, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. What if they played Legos and she stepped on them? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my favorite ladies. 
I love your podcast so much. As I'm writing to you, I'm listening to you girls. On the way to Minnesota from Chicago to my dad's funeral. I listen to you girls laughing and keeping my mind busy. My boyfriend and me laughed so much, but on to my story. My dad passing March 11, 2020 was very hard for me. My dad was a great man. He had the biggest heart. My mom lives in Texas with my two nieces, my father's granddaughters, his only grandchildren he has right now. March 12th was my niece's birthday. Three red cardinals landed on the fence. In my family, we believe that means someone is visiting us from heaven. Two flew away and one stayed. The one that stayed sat and sang while my niece is swinging on her swing. My nieces never got to meet their grandpa, but they FaceTimed with him a lot. My niece came in after being outside and said that bird was grandpa singing to me. She's four, and that was her birthday. My mom told her that was Grandpa singing happy birthday to you. The next day, my mom walked past my niece's room, the four-year-old, and she was playing with Lincoln Logs. She had a pile by her and a pile across from her. My mom looked in the room because she heard my niece go, Okay, Grandpa, it's your turn. And my mom goes, What did you say? And she said, I was telling Grandpa it was his turn. My mom goes, What did you mean? She goes, he's sitting right here playing Lincoln Logs with me and got mad at my mom because she couldn't see him. My mom just looked at her and walked away and called me and was like, you'll never guess what happened. A few days later, my mom calls me. I guess my niece was crying and upset that she couldn't go outside and play on the swing because it was raining outside. But her grandpa was out there sitting by the fence and she could see him and wanted to go play with him. Sorry my story is so long, but let me tell you, this niece of mine, she still tells me crazy stories about my dad, and it hasn't been that long. And she's also the child who told me stories about the little girl in her room and the old lady in the corner. I'll share those in a different story because I already have gone really long with this one. But this kid has many more stories for me to tell. Love you ladies. Keep up the great work. Nicole. Nicole, I need you to transcribe all of her stories because I need to know about everything. Your dad, woman in the corner, and the young girl. Absolutely. All the details. Also, is the little girl the same one from the graveyard on the one before? I mean, are y'all telling the same story? All right. This one is titled, My Run-In with a Bald and Happy Pedophile. Oh, Hey y'all, my name is Fran and I'm from Arkansas and it's okay to say my first name. I've been meaning to write in about this creepy experience for a while, but I have quite the busy schedule. I love your show and you guys have responded to me on Instagram before too, which made me tell my husband about it and do a happy dance. Oh, Y'all are so the best. Sorry if it's sort of long, but it's hard for me to keep anything short and simple because I'm a hooligan who enjoys all the details and dragging things out. You're among friends. Definitely. Carrie just said, you extra never to me. So girl, we get it. So back when I first turned 18, during my first year of college, I had saved up a bunch of money from working. It was my first year working a real job, and I had saved up enough money to buy little gifts for all of my family during the holidays, so I was super stoked. 
Anywho, I had a buddy come with me after classes to the mall to look around for gifts. Because who wants to go to the mall alone? I know I can't handle that. Somebody has to be there to tell me to not spend all of my money. True. Left to my own devices and the Torrid that's in our mall, I'm in trouble. See, I know I'm in trouble, and so I shop online. Yeah, but see, the good thing about Torrid is they've got the ceiling fans in their dressing room so you don't hate your life. Oh, yes, but you know what? Carrie will always pick the one with the wonky ceiling fan. And it goes tick, 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 because it doesn't oscillate. Uh Uh-huh, and then, but sometimes if it goes tick, 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 bam, remember it hits the thing. Because we're codependent and we go in the dressing room together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If if y'all don't do that, why? I mean, you have to tell, like, no, girl. Mm -mm. Yeah, that looks stupid, or can you zip this up, or, I Mm -hmm. mean, why would you not? Yeah, like, is this the right size? No, and I no mean, girl, it's not. Mm-mm. And, I mean, you know their dressing rooms are plus-size friendly, so uh, both of our extra-larges ass can fit in there. Uh-huh. Anyways, we took separate cars because he could not stay the whole afternoon due to having to study that night for a yucky test the next day. As usual, I'm just moseying along in my positive pants and having the time of my life adulting at the mall on my own. My friend had left a little while after being there, so now it was just me. I shook off the loneliness and kept shopping, while hoping I didn't look like a loner to other people. I totally get that. Yeah, Donna, you can't, like, go eat, like, a meal by yourself or... No. I have went to the movies. hmm The only place I don't really like to go by myself, I mean, I feel like I've done it before. No, I know I've done it before, is a buffet. Yeah, I've never done that. Yeah, I'll just get shit to go if I'm going to eat by myself. Yeah. I went into the Foot Locker just to look around when a bald man who looked like he might have been a middle-aged ball coach of some sort happened to approach me. He made small talk like, how are you? That's a nice pair of shoes you're looking at, while awkwardly tugging on his windbreaker jacket. Me, being from a small town where everyone talks to each other, didn't think anything was weird about it. So I went on my way and said, have a good day. I needed to end that conversation anyways because Bath and Body Works was having a candle sale that I absolutely needed to go to. Woot woot. Did Donna write this fucking story? (laughs) I know. This really is me. Like, Donna has a candle problem. She's gotten better. But for a little while there, this girl would have like 50 candles. Okay, look. I have gotten better on my candles, but I also buy soap from Bath and Body Works. And I also always... Hey, but it's come in handy quite a few times for yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pointing at her like, hey, you can't even say anything because she'll mm-hmm. be like. But can you bring a bottle of soap? <laughs> I'm out of hand soap. Can you uh, bring one of your squirt bottles? <laughs> but also, me and Tiffany would always go to the mall and Tiffany was allergic to the like all the smells. And so she couldn't go into Bath and Body Works all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, Tiffany. And now it'd probably be me. I probably couldn't actually yeah, go in. Yeah, it would in. definitely be roles have reversed. Yes. And she'd probably be like, God, Donna. All right, but back to this story. As I was walking there, I took a selfie on Snapchat and saw him behind me in the photo. I ignored it. He wasn't looking at me in the picture, so maybe he just happened to be going the same way I was, question mark. I made it to the candle cell. I started looking around, and I have nothing on my mind but how good the candles smell. As I sniffed upon a lovely candle, I glanced up, and the same guy was standing outside the store, on the phone, looking in at me, and waved as if we're best friends. Mm Mm-mm. 
you're not friends. You don't call each other at home. <laughs> I ignored it and went to purchase some candles and go home because it's almost time to go home for dinner. I was making my way out of the mall. At this point, I was a tad paranoid and kept looking behind me. I kept telling myself, I'm freaking out over nothing. He's probably not even actually following me around. And I didn't see him either. I repeated this process of looking behind me on my way through the parking lot. There was no sign of him. So I shake it off and start to drive out of the lot. Shortly after, as my car rolls closer to the stop sign, I hear the screeching of tires and a yellow and a yellow car speed up behind me. I thought nothing of it. I was driving from our capital of Little Rock to a destination that was about 30, 45 minutes away, just depending on traffic. I kid you not, this car followed me for more than half of the ride home. So I started to freak out and think of the man I saw in the mall. Is it him? Is he following me? It was time to make a decision. I didn't want him to know where my house was if it was him. So I decided to call my dad and pull off on an exit and go to a nearby gas station. Hoping I wasn't being paranoid, I pulled up to a pump to be discreet. My dad told me to see if it was him and if it was to go inside and call the police just to be safe. My dad is really protective of me. Surely enough, I peeked over at the yellow car and it was him. Fuck that. The same guy who was creeping up on me in the mall. I told the clerk while stuttering, um, uh, I think there's a bald man following me home and he's, uh, just creeping me out. And the clerk just gave me a wide-eyed and confused look. She started to question me and I explained everything with more detail and she called the police. The dude was still sitting out there in his car. Two police officers came inside and asked me a couple of questions. Afterwards, the officers walked out and talked to the man. I tried to watch out of the windows without the man seeing me, and he was smiling and talking to them like he had no idea what they were talking about. I sat back down and I heard yelling. This man was being difficult, so they made him step out of the car. After searching his vehicle and running his information, they found out that this guy had already been to jail for rape, and he happened to have two ropes, a large hunting knife, and a gun under his seat. He admitted that he had planned on taking me without showing any shame or emotion. I know this because he got cuffed and taken away, and the officers told me everything. I'm still paranoid from time to time when I go out these days, but I am happily married now, and my husband always makes sure that I'm comfortable and safe. So maybe being paranoid isn't all that bad. Thanks for reading my super long story. I hope it didn't bore you to death, but it just goes to show that no matter where you are, or your age, you should always watch out for creeps because they could look as normal as a high school baseball coach in a windbreaker jacket. I will write in my paranormal stories another time because they are much better, but I thought I'd start off with this story. Thanks for taking your time to read this, and y'all are definitely creeping it real. With love, Fran. Holy shit. Well, you started off with a bang. Like, she was like, I'll send him a paranormal stories. They're better. Uh, this one. I know. If your paranormal stories get any better than this, what? We end the podcast. Right? Whew. I'm so glad that you called your dad and that you went to the gas station and everything. Oh, gosh. Here's the thing, too. I feel like everyone's so scared, myself included, of being someone who overreacts. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I think this man is following me and blah, blah, blah. And that man could easily say, I don't even know what this girl's talking about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so nothing, you know, but then he knows that I've called the police or I've talked to someone and now he's pissed. Right. And so it's just like, or nothing happens. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm never going back to this gas station because the clerk thinks I'm in like, blah, 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 blah. And that's so wrong. Like we should be able to say, oh my God, please help me. I think, you know, blah, blah, blah Uh to anyone. Well, truly, thank you for sharing that. And we're very, very, very glad you're safe. And does your husband have any single friends for me? Thanks, friend. All right. This one is my haunted story. Hi, ladies. I hope this finds you well and not going stir crazy because of the quarantine. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and still have several episodes to catch up on, but I'm getting there. With my boyfriend and I literally being stuck in the house together, we're finding lots of projects to do, and when we do those projects, I listen to your episodes. Love hearing all the stories you two have. I wanted to share my experience with a haunting. This may be long since I love detail and the story is in the details. We had just moved into a brand new build of a home when I was 14. Rumors circulated that this area was part of a burial ground of victims of the storm of 1900 in Galveston, but I don't know how true that is. My parents gave me the office, quote unquote, since I was the oldest and would be leaving for college in a few years. I didn't mind and gladly took it. The room had two large windows and a window seat so I could sit and read if I wanted or study or whatever my lame ass did as a teenager. After a few months, I began to feel uneasy in the room, almost like I wasn't alone. I didn't think much of it, but the presence became increasingly uncomfortable. It got to the point where I could feel someone staring at me from the corners of the windows. This went on for years. One night in particular was the worst night. I was about 17 at this point. I could feel the eyes staring at me. But instead of from one corner or the other, like usual, it was from both corners and it was incredibly intense. Intense enough for me to feel pressure on my chest and me to start praying repeatedly. My bed was up against a shared wall with the living room and against the wall was a bookshelf. At this point, it sounded as if someone was dragging the bookshelf along the wall. I reasoned it all away and said my brain was playing tricks on me and my stepdad was moving the bookshelf. The staring got even more intense. So what would anyone do? I butted up against the wall to make myself as less noticeable as possible. Not long after I did this, the staring became less intense, but I could feel someone walking my way. The room wasn't very big, so three steps and you'd be at my bed from the windows. I began praying harder. Next, I had impressions on my pillow that someone or something was laying in the bed next to me. No, thank you. I froze. I don't remember what happened next. I blacked out. When I woke up the next morning, I joked with my stepdad about him moving furniture late last night. His response, that wasn't me. I heard it too. I thought you were moving stuff in your room. We both stared at each other, and then I told him about the staring feeling I had and the impression on my bed. He froze. To lighten the tension, he said, oh, it's the kukwe. Side note, my stepdad is Mexican, so he's a super believer in the kukwe. We both chuckled it off and left it at that. From that night on, the staring became less and less. 
Finally, the day came for me to go to college. I was gone for a year and had to move back because money, evidently, makes the world go round and we didn't have enough for me to stay there. I was uneasy at the thought of having to move back home, especially given that room was creepy as hell. The staring came back temporarily, but eventually vanished. I can't say for sure what it was, but it's something that stuck with me for these last 13 years. Thank you for giving my story a read and keep up the great work. Love you both. Lindsay B. from Alvin, Texas. Oh my goodness. Mm -mm. That fucking impression on your bed? No. Don't need it. Don't want it? Mm -mm. No, 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 no. Also, the feeling of being stared at and stuff and just, oh, God, no, I don't like that. But at least your stepdad heard it, too, though. So it like it wasn't all in your mind or whatever. Like, it, yeah, like it was validated. And, you know, it was loud if he was in another room and thought that you were moving furniture because like her room adjoined with that wall. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. a, so that would be reasonable that she would hear it pretty loudly. But for him to hear it in like another room. Mm mm. All right, last one. Howdy, ladies. I just recently joined the Facebook group, even though I've been a longtime listener. And I was reminded of a strange thing that happened when I was about 11. It's a short story, but it was weird. When I was 11, my wonderful aunt took me on a weekend trip to Las Vegas. I know. Why take an 11-year-old to Vegas? Hmm? Elvis. <laughs> I had an unhealthy obsession with Michael Jackson, so she took me to see Michael Jackson 1. Anyways, before the show, we had got all dressed up and went to see the water show at Caesars Palace. We'd gone into the CVS across the street to grab a drink, and while we were in line, fully glammed up, a man approached us. He was odd-looking. He had a big tan coat, scruffy beard, baseball cap tilted downwards, and he said to us, Wow, you girls look lovely. Big night. My aunt laughed and said, oh yeah, just go into a show. And this is when he changed. He had seemed excited. He went on, oh yeah, what show? Where is it? What time? Are you going there soon? Mm -mm. My aunt obviously was put off by this and gave him made up answers. After she told him, he just went, oh, okay, in a slightly cheerful tone. Then he said for us to have fun and left. I developed pretty early, so by 11, I was 5'7 and was wearing a D-cup. Nothing else had happened that night, but it has always stuck with me what he would have done if he knew where we were. So sorry if this is long, but I love y'all so much. I'm now 15 and have been dealing with anxiety and depression regularly, but you girls help me through it and make me feel like I got some friends. Anyways, thank you and stay spooky, Shiloh. Yeah, anybody that wants that much information about you is fucking shady as shit. Yeah. Like, they don't need to be fucking knowing that. They don't need to know where you where you are, where you go, and where you've been. Mm-hmm. Who, what, where, why, none of your business. Did he just read, a, like, a manual? He was like, okay, tan coat, baseball cap, down, this, here, and all of these questions. Right. You know? Like, yes. Hmm. <laughs> I've got them. You know? Oh, that is so creepy. That would have stayed with me, too. Definitely. And by 11, 5'7", and wearing a D-cup, by 11, I was 4'2", and saying, Mom, do you think I need a training bra? Uh, Yeah. I mean, by 11, I had started my menstrual cycle. Uh, so I was an early bloomer, too, though. Well, and you're taller. Mm -hmm. And uh, you yeah. got big boobs. Yeah, and I, like, 
in seventh grade, I stopped growing up. Definitely grew out still. <laughs> but like, I, I basically never got any taller after that. You know, everybody kind of started catching up with me. Yeah. Golly. Well, y'all, these stories were so good. And they're never long. Y'all always think that these are so long, and they're so not. Y'all are great writers. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.